It's another Tuesday evening on your favorite radio station, and we are having a big conversation about technology, as we typically do every Tuesday right here on 97.3 City FM. The show is City Trends, and we are live and interactive. My name is Philippa Sean and you're welcome to City Trends. Today's conversation is all about mobility. It's all about mobile devices, where we are today and where we are headed. I chose this topic because I think we've gotten to a point where in some spaces, people actually are probably even tired of the number of mobile devices being released on a weekly, monthly, quarterly basis. But then we've also gotten to the point where people see all these devices whether it's a mobile phone or it's a mobile this or a mobile that but they don't really understand fully how and what sort of solutions it brings to their lives and that is why and the basis for which we're going to have this conversation today now you can be a part of the conversation with your questions and your thoughts obviously on our whatsapp number 0549-986-996 same number is available on telegram so make sure you send your questions through if you want to reach us on twitter please 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 send us a tweet using the hashtag city trends because that is how we'll be able to access your messages and of course relay to the rest of the world now in 2021 the number of mobile devices operating worldwide stood at almost 15 billion up from just 14 billion in the previous year which is 2020 the number of mobile devices is expected to reach 18.22 billion by 2025 an increase of 4.2 billion devices compared to 2020 levels there are conversations about 5g there are conversations about 6g and everything else in between but then if you take on face value the fact that we have up to 15 billion mobile devices worldwide today that's a pretty incredible number and you think about the fact that most people have more than one device and that's probably the standard that most people are dealing with well it kind of puts a few things in perspective there are way more devices most often than people and of course even though it's opening up spaces for interaction it's opening up spaces for people to connect and giving us a much smaller world i think sometimes you get to the point where there is an oversaturation and people really are tired but is that really the case do you really understand the mobile device that you're using do you know what solutions it offers and when you think about all these mobile devices do you know that there are some devices that are actually existent today that will make your life much easier but you probably have not thought about it well that is the basis of our conversation today and it's my pleasure to have um some folks joining me um to basically give us a better understanding of the trends globally where we are headed, where we are today, and how you can take better advantage of the mobile device that you have. Bro, thank you so much for joining us. Quick introductions, and then let's dive straight into this conversation that I believe a lot of people have been waiting for. Um, hi, Philip, and thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Ben Afrifa. I am in charge of audiovisual for Samsung Electronics. Clearly, if you're in charge of audiovisual, that, that means literally all these devices that we've been seeing, you have a pair view over. And knowing you, I know you do a lot of research as well within the space. When you hear numbers like 15 billion mobile devices, um, what 
how does that strike you as as an industry person, as an industry watcher, as someone who also deals basically in the marketing and distribution of, of electronic devices? Um, it strikes me as um, a sense that um, I think the market or many people are seeking for more mobility. And, and then uh, because of that, we see the demand for mobile products going up. And also with the pandemic that came up 2019, 2020, people now have come to accept the fact that they need more tech in their lives. The pandemic, the pandemic really gave us um, <laughs> a bit of a scare almost in terms of just how much sometimes when you think about the dependent we are on mobile devices, but it also gave us an opportunity to see just how much more simpler we could make our lives with some of these mobile devices. What, are, what were some of the most striking um, um, things that you realized during the pandemic, especially with regards to people and their interaction with um, mobile devices and electronic devices? Uh, before the pandemic, uh, we realized that, um, yes, people understood the need for tech and mobile devices to make their lives simpler and easier, but they didn't really get to see the benefits until the lockdown. And whilst people were in lockdown, then they got to realize that, oh, I need better communication. I need to find a way to get in touch with my loved ones. People couldn't get in touch physically, and these mobile devices helped us to really communicate with each other. The, the trend then moved towards video conferencing. Zoom became quite popular around that time. And so the need for now mobile-powered devices that could also link to more screens as well came in. And even post-pandemic, we see more demand coming for televisions that can do conferencing, televisions that has the capability to add cameras for video conferencing, and even phones that can pair with TVs to give a bigger, wider view for people to be more, more mobile and still have access to screens everywhere. And, and obviously, what, what that also meant was that a lot of people now took a step back, more or less, to appreciate some of the devices that they had. From, from an industry watcher's point of view, for someone who markets some of these devices, what were some of those interesting things that you, you noticed during that pandemic period in terms of how, how people sort of gravitated more towards their devices can you give us a sense, for example, of how much more people were buying some of these devices? Can you, can you give us some insights about what's happened during the pandemic, especially specifically with, with regards to some of these electronic devices that we interact with? What happened before the pandemic, people normally use their phones or mobile devices or even televisions for just viewing or communication. They were not, even though the products came with additional benefits that they could actually apply to make their lives easier, but they were not really using them, maybe could be as a matter of um, being too busy or going out for work. But once people slowed down, once they were at home, and then they had more time to explore additional features of these products, then they could realize, oh, I can pair my phone with my TV. Oh, I can actually do home exercise without going to the gym. Oh, I can actually have a video conference without necessarily being physically there. Then they got to appreciate the need for tech devices, the need for mobility, the need to be more connected without being physically present. And then we started seeing a spike in demand for more mobile products, spike in demand for more products that can have video conferencing. And now we've got a, a more demand for second televisions, second smartphones, second smart, uh, even smart home devices became more in demand in that period. Mm. Now, one of the things also that we, we've, we are realizing is this 
um, focus also on the environmental um, impact of mobile devices. And um, watching um, the impact um, a couple of days ago, you, you got that sense that, I mean, this started a couple of years ago, but then for once, I actually saw the environmental impact video and the visuals and the conversations being at the forefront of the unpacked event, for example, from Samsung, clearly indicating, giving us an understanding that even though we have shifted to using more of these mobile devices, there's also a need for us to sit back and really take a better assessment of the impact of some of these devices on our environment. And I'm just wondering um, what, 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 that, what, what that means for a country like Ghana um, because yes, globally it might be something that's happening, but what what is the appetite for sustainability within the Ghana ecosystem, especially when it comes to econ um, um, electronic and mobile devices? It is there. It is here in Ghana, and green initiatives have have always been in this country. We saw last year, even the, the, the government champion on the planting of trees um, to, for us to go more green, and also pandemic also showed us that we need to take care. Of more of our environment and make sure that we can, we can also take care of it for ours, ourselves and also for the future generation. And so Samsung side this even pre-pandemic where we started using more recycled products um, for our televisions, our phones, even stopped putting uh, chargers in our mobile devices so that in a bid to reduce the stress on the planet. And we saw at the beginning, of course, uh, Ghanaians didn't really understand, but gradually we see it now, especially amongst the younger generation, getting the, for them to appreciate um, the need for us to go green. And now going green has actually become part of Samsung's main pillars. For instance, our current televisions, the frame, serif, QLED TVs, the remote controls don't require batteries. Mm -hmm. This is one of our base to reduce our reliance on batteries. You can charge them with, uh, it, has a, it has a solar panel that allows you to charge wirelessly with the light in your room or the sun and also charge it with your mobile phone uh, charger and this is one of the things you are doing to be able to reduce the stress on the earth secondly all our premium televisions the boxes you don't have to throw them away we have a way that you can actually use them again for other things at home it can be a horsey for your children it can be a bookshelf it can be a doghouse and so these are some of the things in our own small way we are contributing to uh, global um, ecological improvement as well. Right. But I mean, the, the, the main thing obviously is the fact that there needs to be a lot more education with, with, with regards to that. And sometimes you just do get worried, you know, when you forecast probably 25 years down the line, how much more work probably needs to be done. And, and I'm, I'm just wondering from your perspective, if, if we are doing enough. I think we can do better and there's still room for improvement. Right. Yesterday I was listening to City and I was alarmed when I heard, um, was it, about last week, when I heard from the Ghana Water Company that uh, by 2030, if you don't take care, Ghana will be importing water. And for me, as a young person, that is quite alarming because it's just a few years ahead. And with the issues we're hearing about um, illegal mining, uh, rivers getting polluted, and we are already started feeling a pinch um, early this year when we are now rationing water, for instance. So I believe that we've put in some efforts in the past, but we still have some way to go in terms of how, as Ghanaians, we can appreciate our environment and find ways to improve the ways by which we can conserve and help us be able to um, take care of our environment much better. We've done some initiatives, it's very good, but let's try to educate more and 
do much better than we're doing now. Globally, it's estimated that 91.62% of people own mobile phones today. I mean, when you come to Ghana, you know, you, you do find people and um, um, sort, sort of trying to connect to the mobile devices and owning mobile devices in virtually every segment. Um, give us an understanding of this, this segment. I, I'm really interested in it because we've, we've, we are seeing a trend today where um, manufacturers of these mobile devices sort of almost have like four different categories of a single mobile device. Tell us about this new trend. We, we saw bits of it in the past, but it seems the segmentation is becoming really fine-tuned these days. There seem to be features that are crossing borders almost. T tell us, tell us more, more about what we are seeing as this trend globally. Let me take you back. Mm. You know, way Ghana's uh, mobile telephone started, we had um, Buzz GSM, we had one touch back in the day. Um, SIM cards were about 100 Ghana cities now, around that time for a single SIM card. And we came down to the, t the days where we had the Sony Ericsson's, the Nokia's, giving us access to some internet connectivity on our smartphones. And then we, we came to the smartphone era, the touch screen era, and mobile phones now became more of a part of our lives beyond just making and receiving calls or sending and uh, receiving SMS tests. Now, mobile phones are part of a lifestyle. It's, it's, it's gone beyond uh, a peripheral device. It is us. We are together with it. Now, we see people, is, a, a phone now has become their newspaper, become their source of news, television, radio, everything is on our phones. And so, Samsung is, and other, other companies are trying to find other innovative ways by which we can get our, our uh, customers engaged uh, on their products. And so you see that right now, you see that um, digital marketing is actually uh, um, the way to go. You see that most communication has gone offline to online. So gradually, the phones are becoming part of our daily lives. And once they, it, 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 that happens, there's a danger of people getting saturated, getting tired of the same things over and over again. That is why Samsung is introducing different form factors. You have the fold that was introduced. We have the flip phones and now S22 with the ability for you to add a note feature as well in a bid to engage people more so they get to appreciate the values that mobile, mobile phones add to their lives. And recently, Samsung introduced another way of mobile of mobility with the launch of the Freestyle, which is one of, one of the ways by which we are bidding to achieve our key target of having screens everywhere. Now, the Freestyle is an addition to add some freedom to the lifestyle of our customers. Normally, we are limited with the way we watch television. And always, the TV has to be on the screen, on the wall, by the wall, it's not mobile. And we see the trend for people to, uh, asking for bigger screens from their mobile devices. So the Freestyle is a smart projector that is mobile. You don't have to keep it in one place. You can go anywhere with it. And it comes with power-packed features that your smart TV can give you. So all the native apps that Samsung smart TVs have are available on the Freestyle. From Netflix to Prime Video to YouTube, you can have access to this. The Freestyle can give you up to 100 inch of screen size, which for a smart projector is quite unprecedented. And beyond that, the form factor, it is quite well, small, <laughs> is easy to move, 
Um, you can rotate it at 180 degrees. Um, the sound coming from it has two um, um, subwoofers built in with a 5 watt sound output. You can connect it to any peripheral device you want from your Xbox to your PS5, your PC. The freestyle is everything. It, it gives you that mobility that you're looking for. So let me give you an example. Say I have a smartphone, S22 Ultra, and I want to watch um, Arsenal playing Chelsea, for instance, on my DSTV app or Showmax app, and I see the screen to be too small. I can't share with my friends, but if I have the freestyle, which is quite mobile, I can be anywhere in the office, on camping, with my friends, I just turn it on, pair my phone to it, connect to the wall, and I'm done. And the freestyle doesn't need a white background. Many people, many other projectors, you say, okay, fine, I need to get a white background. Exactly, but the freestyle comes with a smart calibration feature. That means that it doesn't matter the background of the wall you are using, it will calibrate automatically to give you the best possible picture quality based on the background you have. And it goes beyond that. Um, you can use it as, on, on your kitchen counter whilst you are learning how to cook on YouTube. You can line in your, your tab at home. You can actually project to your wall in the, in the bathroom and still enjoy your programs. Um, your kids can play with it. You can use it to uh, have fun with your, with your pets. And it has this feature that I really love, the ambient mode, where it now goes beyond just viewing. Now we add audio to it. So you can actually project neon light or neon signs onto the wall with whatever test you want. So let's say I'm having a birthday party at home. I can just have happy birthday done on the wall whilst we have the party ongoing in the space. It doesn't have to be that, it's just for viewing. And we also have audio modes where I can actually have different sound lights coming out with the audio that I'm playing. So the freestyle is everything. And you can also pair wirelessly with any sound bar or sound tower through Bluetooth to give you bigger or much better sound output beyond the one that comes uh, with, a, with, a, with a freestyle. And, and, and it's, it's very clear also, I mean, when you talk about the freestyle, and we are looking at the freestyle, we have two of them here. We can see the skin, we can see a case as, as, as well, and then we can see it's connected to, to, to power. Are there, are there any plans, I mean, because you, you spoke about how mobile these devices are supposed to be, are we, are we seeing sort of like a power bank of sorts that's going to be connected with it? So in case, for example, you guys are going um, to the beach or wherever it is and you just want to take it along, is there an option for that? Yes, there is. Um, the Freestar can be charged with a power bank uh, with a capacity of 20,000 mAh or above. It doesn't have to be a Samsung power bank. Mm -hmm. Any power bank with a capacity of 20,000 mAh and above can power the freestyle. With that capacity, you can watch continuous video for up to two hours. Mm -hmm. If you go above 30,000, you can do three hours. Every 10,000, additional, additional one hour. But Samsung, is, we're also introducing the freestyle battery case. That's about 32,000 mAh capacity. That will allow you to um, pair with a freestyle and um, use it wherever you are in case you're not at home. And the way we design ours is you can actually put it at the, at the base to be part of the design of the freestyle. So you don't really cancel the difference whether it has a power um, uh, base or not. But then just looking at the device once again, I can see that the subwoofer is at the bottom. Would that be affected by the, um, the power pack being attached to it? It won't because you have an option of um, uh, putting it, you know, you see, you have, two, you have a, the base of the freestyle and then the, the stand itself. 
So you can actually have the option of putting it on a stand and using a, a Type-C cable to actually power it, to turn it off. I see. Well, um, we are looking at the freestyle here. And listeners, you're still tuned in to 97.3 City FM. This is City Trends. We are having a an outdoor conversation out of uh, the studio, of course. And we have had the opportunity to see the freestyle. You can see the micro SD card here. You can see a switch here for, for mic. What exactly is that for? It comes with um, uh, um, Amazon Alexa um, and also... Um, we are soon introducing Google Assistant, and as well, Bixby is also uh, currently available. So voice control is possible without the use of the remote control. I see. I mean, this, this, is, this is the depth of connectivity, you know, for which reason we even chose this topic in the first place. So now what, what you're having is the things that we traditionally conceive as um, more or less part of our lives example a, a standing television you know stuck to your wall or or something like that now we have these free this freestyle projector which basically gives you up to what a hundred inch depending on whether you have a wall to even accommodate a hundred inch and what this is basically doing is, is breaking the barriers when it comes to how mobile devices can actually get there were times past when your your phone had to be connected sitting in your hall now these phones are literally like you said everything that we do just runs through our mobile devices and i'm just wondering about when when will it stop if it will stop i doubt it will stop because we are constantly innovating mm. and uh, samsung innovation is our hallmark that is why every single year you see us coming out with new products, and these are these are based on our own research, uh, based on feedback from the customers, from, from the market, mm. and we are always uh, finding new ways of making lives easier for people. I mean, we, we've spoken about the whole issue of saturation, but what, coming back to my question, where does it stop? Because Look, if every year you have these devices coming out, if every year you add on one feature or another, you know, it, it does get to a point where it just becomes too much. Or you don't think so? It depends on how, how well um, the brands innovate. Mm -hmm. uh, because human beings, we are also constantly changing. And uh, the needs, our needs, the needs of the environment changes as well. And so as brands who want to compete and stay at the top, we need to make sure that we are able to churn out products that are of value to the, the customers that we have. You only get a point of saturation when you stop innovating. And we've seen it in the past with other brands who have now died out. So the key thing is we have to keep listening. And once we keep listening and taking feedback, we need to work on this and give better products that will add value. Without value, we cannot survive. Now, um, we had the unveiling of the S22, which obviously very popular device, the series, and then we of course had the Ultra. Um, last year, within in the S21, which is one of the devices I have, you had the introduction of the S Pen, which happens to be a very good companion of the Galaxy range of phones. But we've had a situation where we've had a Note, which has the, which I mean, for a very long time, the main feature of the Note was the N S Pen, obviously being a, a complete part of the device. 
This year, the S22 Ultra has the S Pen integrated actually into the device, which kind of makes you wonder, okay, so then what happens to the Note? Is there going to be a Note? Is the Note going to die off? I'm, I'm, I, I'm just wondering, you know, coming once again back to the saturation, you get to this point where you have so many di different devices. And for example, someone who wants um, a device that is lower down the tier is looking for features, you know, that probably are higher up in the tier. And so then you sort of almost have a convergence, you know, and, and that sort of thing. How, how, do, how do companies like yours sort of balance it out as we've seen now where the s pen in the in the notes and in the same form factor as the notes has sort of been translated into the s22 ultra like what walk us through that thinking process and how companies and tech companies sort of navigate these very choppy waters philip what you see with the s22 ultra is what I've, i mentioned earlier about companies listening mm -hmm. and based on the feedback received from the customers use it to innovate and come up with new ideas so that we can still keep our uh, clients and customers engaged. Now, at the beginning, we had a Note and we had the S series. And these two had two separate uh, client bases or customers who wanted them. But over time, we realized that they seem to have gone into a place of convergence where the needs of the S and the needs of the Note had more or less become one. Now, at this point, what do you do? Do you drop the S and stick to the note? Or do you keep the notes and drop the S? But you realize that, based on our research, realize that the customers who prefer the notes are looking for bigger screen size and creativity. Because I use a note as well. And always, I get ideas, I have to write them down. Otherwise, you may end up forgetting. So, these are creatives who, who lead busy lives and still need the chance to communicate and still um, um, be on top of the game. That's a note customer. Then we have the S customer who is more of the lifestyle. So at this point in time, do we keep slim form factor, big screen, S pen? Why don't you find a way of making everybody happy? So within the S lineup, we have the S22, S22 Plus, and the Ultra. So if you want a bigger screen size and want to keep your note, you go for the Ultra. You want a slim form factor with a lifestyle advantage, you go for the S22. So now we have found a way of making everybody happy. And that's the whole idea of innovation. You can't innovate without listening. And that's the main idea behind this. We, we, we make the phones for the people. And so there's no point making something that they don't need. We listen to the market and we got the feedback that keep the note, but find a way to keep the S. And now we've kept both. <laughs> so we are still going to see the note, are we? Mm. <laughs> For now, let's just keep to this one. <laughs> let let us keep to the S twenty two Ultra. I mean, look, one of the things that powers these devices, obviously, is mobile connectivity, internet, and we've seen the evolution from your 3Gs into your 4Gs and now conversations of 5G, even 6G is a conversation that's going on globally. I mean, how, how is the audience in Ghana sort of adapting to some of these changes in terms of connectivity, in terms of speed, in terms of you know, how quickly they adapt to some of these new um, features that some of this level of connectivity offers, offers them? 
you know, 5G and, and the rest 6G, they, I'm quite excited about it because of the potential and the opportunities they're going to present for us. Because with, us, with those speed levels, we can achieve a lot from wireless driving. Now Meta is coming on board. Yeah. We are moving away from 2D internet to 3D internet. Mm -hmm. And that means that a whole new multiverse that we need to look at. My only concern is, as an employee of Samsung Electronics and working for a tech company, I don't see Ghana and Africa as a whole leading this from our side of the, of the, of the, of the divide. What we seem to be doing is just consuming. We wait, others do it, and then we try and get them to do them here, and then we consume. What I want to see is for us to start techs, creatives in this country, start trying to do something localized for our market. Once we're able to do that, then we can then take, ad because it's, 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 it's current ecosystem is actually opening up a lot of opportunity for us. So we need to find a way that we can tap in for our own benefit. And um, it doesn't have to come from only the tech companies. We need the CPs, the content providers, we need the manufacturers, we need the creatives, we need businessmen, we need the government to find a way for us to come together to invest together in this. So that, because once Facebook brings, the, Facebook is actually spending a lot of money investing in Meta. Because they know that the future is not the 2D, because 2D just gives you videos, picture, audio. But for you to be immersed in it, you need to go to the next step. And they've already seen it, and they are there. We shouldn't wait for them to come up with it, and then we spend money to experience it. We should also be ready. I was actually, I'm, I'm, even though 5G has been launched for some time now, it's quite um, sad that 4G is still being marketed, really yes, in, in this country, if we can find, because it, it works together. We need the, the infrastructure from the side of the mobile telephone providers, and we need that from the uh, device manufacturers. And also, we also need that from the government, and as well as the businessmen, investors in this country, and then the creatives to help us come together to make it work. And I, have, I still believe we'll get there eventually, but the pace for me is a bit too slow. I mean, we, we definitely need to up the pace. And um, listeners, you're still tuned in to 97.3 CTFM. We are having a conversation about global trends with regard to mobile devices, where exactly we're headed, um, where to draw the line if we have to draw the line. Clearly, from the conversation, we can't even start thinking about drawing a line because there is just too much to be done. Um, we have spoken also about convergence of devices and, you know, the thinking behind all of, of that. But then I want us to send the conversation in a bit of a different direction. And once again, at the center of a lot of the conversations during the Unpacked and during other um, device launches happens to be the camera. It seems, it seems like the camera seems to be like the main focus for most people, even though there are a million and one other uses a device can be put to. And I'm just wondering, yes, you did spend time as a business looking at some of the other features, how it can connect to you know Microsoft and all of that, but it seems at the core of the conversation during Unpacked, it was once again back to that, that one issue, which is photography and, and videography. I just wonder, firstly, why such a focus? And secondly, 
what is being done to educate users of more devices about some of the other ways that these devices can impact their lives? Content. That's the one answer to your question. Um, people no, no longer use phones for just making and receiving phone calls or WhatsApp or just sort of about content. You see a lot of uh, CPs out there on YouTube and most of the, the videos are shot using their phones. And so, as manufacturers, we need to make sure that we, we, our devices cut across the entire divide. And the cameras are very important because my mobile phone is now my video camera. It's now my microphone. It's now my mode of communication. And so we need to make sure that in all these aspects, the product is actually living up to expectations. And there's still the need for much improved, higher resolution content. We have 8K televisions now, we have 4K TVs now. So if your product cannot be able to match the current standard, you will not be able to survive. Again, it comes to innovation. And so that's why you see that always there's it seems a lot of focus on the camera, how, 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 how far can it be zoomed, um, how bright can we get uh, the focus, what can we do, can we do bokeh videos, can we do a lot. And it's, it's all intended to, to make sure that the future that we headed towards. We have enough devices that are actually future-proof. Yes. And what are we doing to make sure that people get to know about this? We also have to rely on the reviewers. Like yourself, you review some of our products for us sometimes, and the reviewers, what you do for us is you're able to see what the products can do and let the, the public know. And I like the work that you guys do because you are not, you are objective. You're not looking at it from the brand perspective. Uh, uh, perspective only, but then from how it can affect or improve the lives of normal, normal customers. So you guys do a good job. You put it out on YouTube. I watch a lot of reviews myself before I even buy any products. Secondly, the brand ourselves, we have a lot of um, communication that we do in-store, online, for, to engage and explain the value that the customers are going to get, people are going to get by um, going in for our products. And so together, I believe that we can actually do more to uh, encourage and also educate uh, the public on the benefits of the smartphone cameras. Tell us, tell us now about nitography, is it? <laughs> because because there, there seemed to be a focus on breaking the rules, as was the mantra, you know, in the lead up to um, Unpacked, and and it seemed that the buzzword was, you know, photography in the night and and all of that. Tell us about what that whole concept is about and um, why it's such a big deal. You know, because, I mean, my S21 takes amazing pictures, for example, in the night. I take decent enough videos in the night. What, what, is, what, are, what rules are we breaking exactly with, you know, this new set of devices in the, in the S22 series? You know, um, to get a good picture quality, you need two things. Better camera, better software. And uh, in the past, Samsung smartphones had been criticized um, by the Apple people that um, when you take shots at night, um, they don't look as good as you can get on the iPhone. Uh, but then, like I said, we keep innovating. We keep listening. And so the new feature you have on S22, I prefer for people to get, lay their hands on the phone, for them to appreciate what they get, can get with the night shots now. It's amazing. And I don't think Apple has a glove on us now. I think we, 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 we've put them in the rearview mirror. Mm. I don't want to sound 
Uh, of course, I work for Samsung, so I want to praise my company too much. But the one of the reasons why I love this company is because is is, is because data. The company keeps listening. We keep trying to innovate, and we keep getting feedback on different ways by which we can improve. Because if you if you think you've achieved everything, then you then you're not humble enough to admit that you need to learn. Then you stop learning. So we are, admit that we have more, more to go. And that's the reason why Samsung will keep being number one, because we keep listening, we keep improving, and we keep innovating. And so get your hands on the S22, whether um, Plus or Ultra, and get to see our night shot. It's amazing. Back to that central theme, especially with competition from all the other device manufacturers as well. Sometimes it does feel that certain features feel rushed. You know, it's, is, is it intentional from device manufacturers that it might not necessarily be exactly where we need it to be, but we need to put it out there before anybody else does? As, as a consumer and as, as a reviewer looking at some of the devices and the way that the, 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 the features have you know, improved over the period. Sometimes it does feel that, you know, this feature could have been held back to be bettered before it was put out there. I don't know what your thoughts are about, about that. I mean, case in point, happens to be facial recognition and, you know, the ability to unlock. There have been criticisms, for example, about how people are using printed pictures of themselves to unlock their phones in the past. Do you sometimes just feel that some features could have been held back, bettered, made much better before it was put out there? Because it's, 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 it comes up a few times too often. I wouldn't say that these features are rushed. Because if they had not been put out there, the brands wouldn't have known what the challenges are and how to improve. So brands don't know, we don't know everything, all right? So without customer experience, and feedback. We wouldn't know where to improve. So I will not call it rushed. I will just call it that we put it out there to see one, how it will be accepted, and two, ways by which we can improve upon it the next time. And that's the reason why, we, but I don't think that brands necessarily rush to bring in features to beat the other brand, because if you bring in a feature, it doesn't work, you lose out. So it's a risk that the companies take, but mainly to find ways at which they can improve upon their feature. So next time, can give a better experience to the, uh, the customers. One of the things also that keeps popping up is with all these devices being released all the time, sometimes in the middle of the year, the beginning of the year, end of year, um, why don't we have a trading system um, whereby, for example, I buy a, a device last year, you know, there's a new device that's released this year, I can easily trade it in, either top up, do some, like, especially because of the economy that we seem to be working within here people want the devices but not necessarily have the cash to you know so have have there been thoughts around this are there ways by which people can explore some of these options we've seen in the past you know um screens being replaced and things like that are there plans for a trading system in ghana you know our economy or let's say our economy is, is still a bit not completely formal and so whenever you come up with this kind of in, um, initiatives, you tend to leave some part of the public out. Um, however, currently, 
we have um, hepatitis schemes in place with various banks um, across the country and all, so that those who want to pick and pay over time is possible. We have partnerships with many of the telcos where um, you can actually walk into their showrooms and also negotiate how you can actually pick and pay for your product in installments mm -hmm. as well. Uh, but eventually, and I'm, and, I'm, I, and I'm actually quite confident about it, eventually we will get to the stage where we have in advanced countries where you can pick and you pay in installments or even trade it in and just top up a bit. But it's a gradual process, but eventually we will get there. Mm -hmm. Well, we are, still to, we are still having a conversation about mobile devices and the trends and the trends around it. I mean, we have here the, the freestyle, very simple, small device, but then packs a punch. Um, we have not seen the S22 yet, even though I wish I could lay my hands on it. But I mean, look, we've gotten to this point where we almost expect something different. You know, every year we know that there's going to be some unpacked or some event where some devices are going to be outdoored. You know, and I always keep wondering, what else is there to expect? Because what, for example, Samsung has done with the Z Fold and the Z Flip is to start rethinking about the form factor of the devices. What we've been used to is this rectangular, you know, shape thing. But now, with the curved screen and everything else, we, we are seeing new form factors and things like that. There are conversations, for example, currently about how wearables are, are going to be changing the way we interact while we are mobile, you know? And, and I'm just wondering, from an industry person's point of view, where you think that next step is, 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 is going to be. Because, look... Whether it is foldable or not, whether it's flip or not, it's still typically your mobile device. But then the way we're interacting, the way we are supposed to be interacting with meta and everything coming to the conversation, clearly some, there's a shift going on. And I'm just wondering if we're going to see a movement away from a physical device and you know, as an industry person, what you see to be on the horizon. Philip, the possibilities are endless. Um, so endless, I can't even start to imagine. But I want you to imagine a world where you wake up in the morning and your smartwatch tells you you slept for this amount of hours, your heartbeat was this uh, number of beats per minute, and this was your body temperature. Then as you walk towards your refrigerator, your ref scans you and tells you, based on your current BMI, take orange juice. Don't drink milk. Don't take this amount of sugar. And then based on that, it recommends what you take from your refrigerator. A world where you are in a living room watching television, your washing machine is working in the kitchen, and then you get a prompt, it's done. A world where you are out there, your wife is out there in a shopping mall, and she forgets, do I have eggs in the refrigerator? And then she just takes her, uh, her phone and can check her fridge without being at home. And she can check, okay, I have this, 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 and that, and then actually place her order at the mall. Or even be at home and then place her order online mm -hmm. through the refrigerator. Mm -hmm. And this is the world of connectivity we're talking about. A world where I'm almost I'm five minutes away to my house, it's scorching, it's hot out there and I can simply take my phone and turn on my air conditioner before I get home. This is what we're talking about, convenience. 
speed, making sure that people have more time to do more things. And this is the kind of future that we envisage, and we want to make sure that we can eventually get there. But we can't do it alone. We will need the CPs, we will need the uh, infrastructure from the uh, mobile telephony guys, we need government regulation to go through. And so it's a future that is possible. It's a possible future that is endless. Exactly. For us to be able to not just interact with products, but for people to interact, for, for various organizations also interact to bring it about from wireless driving to voice control. Alexa, play Osibisa. Or Alexa, play a tune for the morning based on my mood because I have my smartwatch on. So it is possible. And I can't begin to imagine it's, it's, it's possible. And eventually, we will get there. One of the things that we can imagine, though, is with the increasing number of mobile devices in our lives, it does appear, though, that human interaction is more or less like you can have human interaction in a social space your metas your facebook's your social medias and everything but physical interaction seems to be on the decline almost whereby even though we are in the same space we will prefer to have conversations online we there's this famous meme, for example, at Christmas, all the children gather at grandma's place and everybody else is on their mobile phone, but grandma is wondering why they eventually came. This is a reality of the world that we live in today, whereby we have these mobile devices giving us connectivity, but then we seem to be drawing apart. I, as, as someone who um, markets these devices, these mobile devices, does it worry you? And how do you think society can rework its way to give us a good enough balance between our interaction within the virtual space and then interaction within the physical space? I agree with you, Philip. You know, mobile phones were initially designed to keep us close, but eventually it's keeping us apart. Um, Samsung has a feature on, uh, on the phones that I really love, digital health, that gives you weekly updates on how many hours you spent on your phone the previous week. This is some of the things we are doing to bring people's mind back that the whole idea is to connect, but it doesn't mean disconnect. So even though you have your phone, eventually we are human beings and we are social animals and we need to connect both offline and online. So in our own small way, we're finding ways to remind people that, yes, the phones are there, but keep some health as well. Keep your, don't, don't just stay on the screen all the time. Find a way to also disconnect. And that is also another reason why we even brought um, the freestyle also, that find a way to go camping, spend time with your family, and later have some videos on the freestyle. Or instead of just watching the freestyle, have a birthday party, bring people together, have a neon light with a happy birthday sign, and get to have some social life together. It's, we understand this, and we're constantly finding ways at which we can have people interacting more. But the more we can interact, the more we can actually come up with new ideas to be able to be uh, innovate and come up with new products to 
add more value to our lifestyles. One of the things that you mentioned earlier was about, you know, local, local content within the digital space, because we seem to be, even though we, as we see ourselves producing all these materials, that we don't seem to be producing enough to get to the point where globally these things will be recognized as A, Ghanaian, as B, African, and actually cause the necessary shifts in culture that we are looking for. Um, as, as a business, um, as a business that is into producing these electronic devices, um, how much investment, for example, do you make into digital content publishers and providers in Ghana and giving them the space to be able to project their work um, to a global audience for them to A, recognize, B, invest, and then C, basically give them that platform to, to, to share? A lot. Um, personally, I'm quite passionate about uh, local content, and Samsung is too. And the Ghana branch has done a lot to be able to, uh, to, to promote the works of our local uh, CPs. I'll give you an example. We launched the Frame TV some time back, and Ghana was the first country in Africa to list Ghanaian artworks on the Frame TV. And by this, the Frame TV, if you are, the Ghanaian artworks are on the Frame TV, they go global. Every country that Samsung operates in, the customers can actually purchase the artworks of the Ghanaian content and creator. And now, as a local artist, you can actually list on Samsung and make money whilst your products are actually being sold on our, uh, on our platform for the Frame TV. Another step we've taken recently is to engage local artists to come up with different ways by which we can have more Ghanaian artwork on our Frame TV. So we actually use that for our marketing instead of relying on the generic global um, uh, frame pieces that we actually get. Uh, we are currently in a partner with Addictive, um, Eric, Eric Ejari and his team, to come up with a program that we can unearth talent in the secondary schools, the universities, that we can groom to be able to do this. And then the top, top ones we promoted to uh, have their uh, works on our uh, global art store. Uh, beyond this, we do a lot of um, uh, local participation with creatives. We do, uh, currently we are dis in discussion with uh, Mina Evans uh, on how we can also communicate our frame TV. Soon you see that, and a lot, a lot. So we are quite, because we, be we believe that where we operate, the, 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 the country should benefit from the brand's presence. And that's why last year, we were able to partner with HD Plus and for the first time on the African continent, have live 4K broadcasts mm -hmm. launched on Samsung um, smart TVs. Mm -hmm. And it never had never happened before. And so we are always finding very uh, innovative ways by which we can still engage the local community for them to benefit from us as well. One of the other devices that is very mobile, or at least gives us a certain level of mobility, are tablets. But then they sit in a very weird place because, I mean, I, I, I often give this example of sitting in a Trotsky and taking out your tablet and people looking at you weird and then on the phone, so sad, you know, that, that kind of, and, and, and these things, these things, you know, pop up more and more as we saw um um on 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 the on the unveiling as well there was a tab s tab 8 and the series as well that was that was launched i just wonder what what is the reception to Ghanaians of the the tablet within the tablet space 
what's the reception like how are people adapting to its use you know because we've seen in times past where people actually use tablets as their mobile phones like receiving calls and things like like and of course like as an industry person as an industry watcher you know that is not the prime aim of a tablet so i'm just wondering when when as a as a tablet as a as someone or as a business that sells tablets that probably made it in a certain way to be used in a certain way the current consumption of tablets how they are used how they are purchased tell, tell us about that dynamic you know at the beginning we all thought um tablets were going to replace pcs eventually and then the PCs also found a way to innovate and also keep uh, relevant, stay relevant in the, in the market. But tablets, eventually, I still believe are going to replace PCs uh, because of the need for mobility. Yes, you want to open and type on your keyboard, but sometimes it's quite easier to do it simply on your tablet. The market is there. I will not say that it is, it is um, it's declining. I'll just say that it's a bit stable. It's quite stable. And um, we need to find ways as a brand to... Um, innovate and come up with ways by which we can still engage people and give them reasons why they should go for tablets instead of PCs. But if you saw with the launch of the new tablets that we have, they have come with new pr uh, features that are quite different from before, and the size of the form factor too has also um, been a bit improved. And so, yes, we, we should start seeing some improvement there. And uh, over time, we add a keyboard, we add ways by which you can actually be more mobile. Again, mobility is a key here. I think it will get together. So what you're saying is, from where you sit today, tablets are going to replace laptops? Eventually, yes. That's a very bold, you know, you know, conclusion to make, considering, you know, all the various ways in which people use tablets and things like that. You know, when the smartphone evolution started, um, big brands, Blackberry, Nokia, they never thought the keyboard would go out of style. Today, where are we today? So... Is a, is a lifestyle change and the lifestyle needs of the consumers that matter. Once you keep listening and you keep observing and you watch the direction, because you don't, you don't uh, listen to what people say, just that, you also watch what they do. And so if, if you look at the, the trend and the way it is going, the need for more mobility, the need for more slimmer form factor, the need for elimination of the keyboard, personally, I'm quite confident that we may end up with a future where foldable tablets end up replacing PCs, where you can fold your tablets and have the base of the screen being your keyboard and the top screen becoming your, your main screen. And I think it is going to happen. Well, I mean, it's only a matter of time, isn't it? The final thing that I wanted us to just touch on has always been a very touchy issue having to do with wearables, um, whether it's a fitness tracker or it's a watch or it's a cross between the two. Um, how receptive are Ghanaians to the whole wearable culture? And does it have a place, or is it just a small community of people who are necessarily plugged into it? Philip, it does. I'll use myself as an example. I stopped wearing wristwatches after two or three tries. Do you know the reason why? When the battery dies and I have to replace the battery, mm. you can't get a battery, you can't, it's so, it's so annoying. And so, for some time, I stopped wearing wristwatches until, of course, we introduced uh, Galaxy smartwatches. Mm -hmm. And I got a chance to have a watch that just doesn't tell the time. The design is not just fashionable, but then also it helps me keep fit. It helps me keep track of my lifestyle. And not just that, it's also a personal assistant. Mm -hmm. 
whenever I, I, I get an idea or a reminder, I just say, hi, hi Bixby, uh, book a meeting Philly for tomorrow at 9 a.m. And it's recorded for me on my, on my phone immediately. Um, it's, it's, it, it makes life not easy, convenient. And, and, and I see it going beyond where we see it now. Samsung started, Apple has started, and you start seeing more smartwatches. It is going to be in vogue beyond the normal um, uh, wristwatches because, yes, it is fashionable to have a wristwatch. It's good to have a wristwatch. It's nice. But what happens when the battery goes out? What happens when um, you, you, it, just, it, just, it doesn't give you additional benefit beyond just telling the time? And if it's just telling the time, my phone is enough for me. But the watch should do more. And that is what we are aiming to achieve with this. Currently with the Watch 4, we've partnered with Google, and I believe that the experience on the Watch 4 is even much better compared with what we have with the Watch 3. And I am quite confident that wearable is the way to go. You're not just the watches, the buds, making everything mobile, no more wires. This is, this is the future, Philip. Well, it is, it is a future that we very much love to see and engage in. Um, but that is all time will allow us on the show today. We've had a very thrilling time having conversations about the future of mobility, um, obviously with a, a sharp focus on some of the products from Samsung. Um, we have had the pleasure of interacting with um, the Freestyle, which is the new um, mobile um, projector, smart projector from um, Samsung. You should see it. Um, it's, it's pretty incredible um, coming with um, ability to change skins, almost like having a new um, cover for your phone, almost um, you can change the skins. Um, it, like I said, it has you know, various types of inputs. You can connect it to any mobile device um, of your choice and basically stream content. Um, it's basically almost acting as an extension of your TV. And I, like um, we talked about earlier, virtually everything that you find in your modern TV today, you can find on, on the Freestyle. And, and that's pretty incredible. Obviously as well, I'm talking about the slew of new um, devices within the S22 range, whether it's the S22 or the S22 Pro or the S22 Ultra, with a new S Pen inserted into the device finally. Um, we couldn't get a prediction on what the note is going to be, but hey, um, we wait to see how that will pan out. And of course, um, speaking about you know the various wearables, the, um, the new watch, and then of course the um, S eight tab as well which was which was also announced but then at the heart of it is about connectivity at the heart of it is about mobility at the heart of it is about ensuring you get the very best out of the devices and that was the heart of the conversation today i do hope it was beneficial to you one way or the other and like I always say, the conversation continues. Let's know your thoughts about this particular topic. If there was something that we didn't treat, please let us know and keep the comments coming in. My name is Philip Ashon. A big thank you to the rest of the team, the production team, for making the show happen. A big thank you to the team, of course, at Samsung for giving us access to these devices and engaging us in this conversation. The show will be available as a podcast, so please look out for it. And let's keep the interaction going. Till next week, stay techy.